Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. If it brings her to the same point that it brings you, it doesn't matter whether she called it God along the way or not. That understanding works for you, so therefore it is absolutely right for you. All beliefs have become only relatively true, and of course to the world, religion is just some personalized experience, not a divine revelation, and the church is catching the disease. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Frio. You are listening to the Waffle House of Segways. This is Wretched Radio. And you're going to say, wait a second. What does a man leaving the funniest voicemail ever have to do with the church? Well, two things. One, my buddy Bart sent an email saying, "Uh, you played that years ago. Could you could you play that again? I couldn't find it. And then somebody, lo and behold, sent it to idea at wretched.org. And I'm playing it as a part of church news because, hey, it does talk about the NIV, which some people use in churches. See see what I did? That's why you're listening to the Waffle House of Segways. Hey, Mark, excuse me. I'm on my way to 3768. Kind of got hung up. It's raining out here. I'm on my way into Dallas. Uh, Jerry's probably going to be calling you to find out uh, where I'm at if he can't get a hold of me, I'm sure. So, uh, thought, whoa, whoa. Man, I just had a wreck right in front of me. This guy ran a red light and hit... Uh, Hit four old ladies in a in an Impala. Just kind of clipped them and turned them around right in front of me, man. That was close. Oh, now this guy's getting out of his car. Got a he's got a white shirt on with a tie and a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. He's throwing his hands up in the air like he like like it was their fault. Oh, uh, hold on, hold on. He's going over their window. She's rolling down the window. Oh, man, she, I think she sprayed him with pepper spray, man. He's on his, he's on his face, and he's on his knees. She's getting out. She's beating him with an umbrella. <laughs> the other women are getting out, too. <laughs> ah, there's one woman with a little black person. She's tomahawking him, man. She looks, she looks like a Sunbelt 20, 20 horsepower jackhammer. Blah, blah, blah. She, we got another woman that's... <laughs> she's hitting him like like she's got a cattle prod, man. She's got a she's got an umbrella and she's sticking it in his side. <laughs> oh, there's another one that it's a little woman <laughs> looks like Mother Goose. <laughs> she's got oh she beating him. She beating him, she's got this huge big bag. It's huge, it's about the size of her, she's about four foot nothing. She hit him over the head, everything went all over the place. Her Bible fell. I told you this was church news. <laughs> she picked this Bible up and she lifted it way over her head. It was, it was a 
talking back in the odd version. She picks this Bible up and raises it up above her head and just beam the guy. This guy's not getting up. Uh, they're still hitting them. The one with the little black purse is still all oh, pieces of <laughs> uh, Oh, okay, he's up on the car. Oh. <laughs> the, the little one is just beating him again with that big bag. Uh, he, he's running to his car. He's out of here. <laughs> oh, uh, the, the little bitty mother goose woman. Oh, she's, she's stuck into him as he's driving off. Oh, I wish you would have been here, man. Oh, oh this is too good. <laughs> Didn't need to be there. Church news here on Wretched Radio Story number two. Criminal caught after cutting off 37 man buns in one day. Wow. There's a guy who's got a thing against man buns. Los Angeles, California. Each assault can come with a sentence of 18 months in jail. What does this have to do with the church? Well, clearly the fella goes to church. Remember. Segways to us are like food at the Waffle House. Not very good. The fellow who's the man bun cutter, quote, the Lord spoke to me this morning. See, clearly he goes to church and clearly it's a continuationist church. He told me, now, I would say this without any jesting, without trying to sound snarky, even though it is my spiritual gift, I will refrain from using it for a moment. If you don't believe that the Bible is closed and the canon is done and it is sufficient and you say that God is still speaking, then maybe God did tell this guy to cut off man buns. How, how, how would we know that God didn't do that if we think that God is still speaking to people and telling them to cut off man buns? The Lord spoke to me this morning. He told me that men need to stop posing as women. He told me, that I was to be his soldier here on earth doing his work. I have done nothing wrong. I was doing the Lord's work. There you have it. More church news right there. Jimmy, well, you read that story, didn't you? No, I didn't. I did not. Really? But I, yeah, I, you're, I, but I don't I can't argue with the fact that the Lord probably doesn't like man buns. <laughs> I think you don't like man buns. Well. Yeah, I think, Jimmy, what would you look like with a man bun? So basically, just take your beard, put it on top of your head. <laughs> on top of my is head. What you <laughs> Church news story number three. Speeding laws. I'll tell you something. They are amazing. They're right. The speeding laws. People shouldn't be doing any speeding. But here's some good news uh, that some legislation was just passed that if you're caught speeding, the police officer is actually going to give you money. That's right. If you speed, even though it's against the law, you are going to be rewarded. You say, what does that have to do with the church? Well, it has everything to do with the Church of England. Headline, Church of England backs plans to bless gay couples. Now, 
This is this has been going on now for a bit in the Anglican Communion. Members of the Church of England's General Synod approved plans to allow same-sex couples who have been joined in a civil marriage or civil partnership to come to church services and receive God's blessing. Huh. 36 bishops voted in favor, four opposed it, two abstained. So in other words, even though the Anglican Communion is holding on to its biblical belief that marriage should be between a man and a woman, if you're not a man and a woman who get married, they're going to bless you anyway. So that's why they're like speeding laws where the officer gives you money for actually breaking the law. See what I did there, Jimmy? I, I see. We are the Waffle House of Segways. <laughs> I'm just telling you that much right now. Uh, the professor, who is the vice chair of the General Synod's gender and sexual sexuality group, said, "This is now. Uh, this is this is the um, desire." to make God gender neutral. The vice chair of the synod said, questions around gendered language and God have been around for decades, if not centuries. No, just decades. <laughs> In the Anglican communion, but still have the power to bring out strong reactions. For some, God as father is helpful because of their own positive experiences of a loving parent for others. God as father may re reinforce a bad experience of a strict disciplinarian as their father. Oh, is that why we want to make God gender neutral? If we dig deeper, clearly God is not gendered. So why do we have to restrict our language for God in gendered ways? Maybe they didn't get the memo to respect the pronouns because he identifies as he, him. No, God does not have anatomical parts but he identifies himself as father. His pronouns are he, him. But according to some folks in the Anglican communion, nah, we should, we should be using gender neutral terms. They're going to launch a new commission on the matter in this spring. You know what that means, don't you? It is just a matter of time before they cave on that one too, because that's how it always begins. Well, some people think that God should be an it. So let's let's just do a study and a commission. That is how the ball always gets rolling. And it it's it always has to do with women's issues. That is always the that's the the camel's nose under the tent of orthodoxy. That we've got to do a study. And we're going to examine these things. Sure, the Bible appears to be quite plain on this, but we've got to study it after 2000 years where there's been no confusion on the subject whatsoever. But what does it do? It crack opens the door to nonsense. To be clear, both genders glorify God because of the way that he made each one distinct. You, you glorify him by, the, by the, the DNA, the way that God makes pinks and blues with different giftings, different strengths, different weaknesses. It takes two genders to glorify God, but that doesn't mean that God identifies as both male and female or as being neuter. Give it about three years. They'll come back with the reports of that study, and God is going to be an it in the Church of England. This is Wretched Radio. For your consideration, not one but two ways that you could strengthen the local global church, the Master's Academy International, 
training men in Los Angeles who then return to their home countries and open up mini seminaries to train pastors in their native land. That strengthens the local church. But there's another way you can do just that. We are partnering with the Masters Academy International to send Bibles to the Philippines, not just any Bible, MacArthur Study Bibles to believers in TMAI-trained churches. These efforts strengthen the local church. Would you please consider how many Bibles you might send, how many seminaries you might support overseas? To learn more, visit wretched.org pastor, or if you like the Bible sending idea, wretched.org Bible. There's a reason we talk so much about biblical counseling around here. It's because it works. Transformed, our biblical counseling series, hosted by Dr. Greg Gifford and Dale Johnson, has returned for season number two. As a matter of fact, you can find it available now at transformed.org. Transform season two demonstrates powerfully that the Bible has solutions for our emotional problems. Doctors Johnson and Gifford don't merely teach biblical counseling, they show biblical counseling in action. In season two, you'll meet Christians that are struggling with the same things you likely are. Assurance, PTSD, anger issues, depression, discontentment, anxiety, self-pity, and much more. And you'll see with your own eyes that the Bible is sufficient for all of life, godliness, and our emotional challenges. Transformed Season 2. Available now at transformed.org. That's transformed.org. Confession, normally numbers aren't my favorite subject, but these numbers make me happy. MediShare is affordable biblical health sharing with twice the satisfaction rate of MediShare members versus traditional health insurance plans. The average family saves $500 per month. Over $3 billion worth of medical bills have been shared among MediShare members, which, by the way, MediShare has been around for a quarter of a century. Don't forget, telehealth is available at MediShare, and it will take you two minutes to receive a quote to see what you and your family could be saving every single month with MediShare. Affordable biblical health sharing. Please spend a very worthwhile two minutes at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Books of the Bible. God told Hosea the prophet to marry a prostitute to illustrate Israel's unfaithfulness to God and God's faithful love for Israel. When Hosea's wife returned to prostitution and was enslaved, he bought her back and loved her. When you are mistreated and abandoned, remember that is how you treated God. But if you turn to God, He will forgive you. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And speaking of pronouns, ooh, that was actually a good segue. What got into me? This is Wretched Radio. Congratulations to the first black female Episcopalian lesbian priest. Yeah, you got all of that. The first black female lesbian Episcopal priest is going to be featured on a special edition quarter. I don't know if you knew this, but apparently our government still makes coins. They're printing some special quarters featuring some special people, including the first black female lesbian Episcopal priest. 
That's a lot of intersections going on there. In 1966, she co-founded NOW, the National Organization for Women with Betty Friedan and other activists. By the way, if you would like to see our most recent video on the subject of what makes a woman a woman, encourage you to visit the YouTube machine. Just look around for a bit. You'll trip into it eventually. That the feminist movement of the 60s was the second wave of feminism. The first wave, women wanted the right to vote. Uh, there, there were some social issues that they thought were inequitable, so they wanted equity. By the time the 60s came all around and the sexual revolution, the feminists wanted to separate the procreative act from the procreative consequence. In other words, it was a sexual liberation. And this is, this is interesting. We think of the 60s as the sexual liberation time, don't we? Rightly so. But what do we think about the 50s? We think June Cleaver. And I would suggest to you that while we externally appeared to be more moral, I, it's, the sexual revolution didn't come from nowhere. And it, it's not like, hey, it's 1960, we flip the calendar, everybody act like rascals. No, it was there. It just opened up the floodgates to what was already going on in people's hearts. That's why they need regeneration. This particular first black female lesbian Episcopal priest founded NOW. And according to the Pauli Murray Center for History and Social Justice, Murray identified as queer and tried but failed to get sex change surgeries in her younger years to look more like a man before eventually fully identifying as a woman. And our government said, that's the one we want to put on a celebratory quarter. Currently, the Pauli Murray Center chooses to use he, him, and they, them pronouns when discussing Pauli Murray's early life and she, her, hers when discussing her later years. Are we keeping track of the pronouns? Let's, let's not be offensive here. When discussing Pauli Murray in general, we interchangeably use she, her, hers, he, him, his, and they, them, theirs pronouns. Is there any point in having pronouns at this point? Do we, you can grab whatever you want to. Every kid in grade school is going, cool. Don't have to study that business. She, her, him, his business. And if you study a foreign language, forget all those gender rules, which I wouldn't hate, actually. Boy, they could tighten it up a lot. Nevertheless, when discussing him in general, we use she, her, hers, he, him, his, and they, them, theirs pronouns. Or... Refer to her by their name. By their See, this whole pronoun thing, it's very, very difficult. Let me take you to a church in Denver. Can you guess what they do there? That's right. It's the International Church of Cannabis. I just read, and I'm, I wouldn't take this to the bank, but that Denver is becoming like the crime capital of America. That ain't easy. That is a crown that has been pretty substantial sitting on the heads of, you know, Detroit and Baltimore and Chicago, Denver, that lovely Rocky Mountain High City. Why? I'm certain it has nothing to do with legalized devil's lettuce. Couldn't have anything to do with that. The International Church of Cannabis is in a little bit of a fight with the city because they put up a symbolic sculpture. Interesting in this article from Denver.com, Denver 7, must be the local 
network affiliate of somebody there. They didn't really describe it. Nevertheless, this is a church that uses cannabis as a sacrament. It's the religion of elevationism. You think this has anything to do with Stephen Furtick's place? (laughs) Elevationism, which actually it could be its own denomination, but it could be. The ele- an elevationist Christian, an elevationist Buddhist, or an elevationist Jew, you can be whatever you want to be, because we focus on elevating oneself to their best version. You can be an atheist as long as you believe in elevating yourself to a better version of you. Robert Schuller called. He thinks it's a bang-up idea. So did Norman Vincent Peale. And Oprah, and everybody who teaches mindfulness in a public school. Catholic priest, this is in Great Britain. This is the third such arrest in recent weeks. The Catholic priest was praying silently outside of an abortion clinic. It's, 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 it's thought crimes because they put a little ring around the abort, abortuaries that says you can't do anything that might make anybody feel uncomfortable. And it's a law now in Great Britain. And so if you violate it, you, you're going you're gonna to get arrested. Faces a further charge related to parking his car near the same area. Why? Because it had a bumper sticker that said, Unborn Lives Matter. Well, throw him in the hooskow is what we should do with that fella. So much for free speech in Great Britain. And speaking of Catholics, a growing number support less strict abortion laws. They used to be very pro-life, now increasingly not so much. 38%, this is Roman Catholics, want less strict laws. In 2022, 22% of Catholic respondents wanted less strict abortion laws. Wow. I don't suppose that has anything to do with their pope, does it? Meanwhile... Don't gloat, Protestant. Meanwhile, half of Protestant respondents, 50%, said they're satisfied or want stricter laws, while 37% want less strict laws. That's up from 25% back in uh, back just a couple of years ago. In other words, I think it's, it has to have been because of the propaganda surrounding the overturning of Roe v. Wade. <gasps> Women are going to have to have back alley abortions. Well, maybe we should loosen up a little bit. Don't forget, if you are not studied up and if you are not a pro-life apologist, life is better. Better yet, go to the YouTube machine and type in life is best uh, pro-life or wretched. And you can watch the entire first episode of this series. It is as stellar as it was when we made it seven, eight years ago. Nine years, 10 years ago, clothes look a little bit different, but I'm telling you, if you would like to be equipped to defend life, you might not want to put it on a bumper sticker because these days, if you're in Great Britain, you could get thrown into the hooskow, but you will become a pro-life apologist. Clergy, as long as we're talking about the Roman Catholic Church. Apparently, there's a big old lawsuit that's boiling in San Diego against the Roman Catholic Diocese there. It faces staggering legal costs in dealing with some 400 lawsuits alleging priests and others sexually abused children. And they're concerned, hey, this could put us out of business. Go ahead. Just say it with me. 
<laughs> hey, what do we do with a case like that? You got to wait. Okay, it's 400 lawsuits. As always, you've got to wait until the results are. Now, we've seen plenty of the results in other dioceses where accusations were made and people were found guilty. Those we can point to. In San Diego, we're just going to have to wait a little bit and we'll see what the result is there. And you know what? I, I actually hope it's wrong. I hope all of those accusations are incorrect. Not because I want to become an apologist for the Roman Catholic Church, because that would be 400 children who were abused. Ooh. Ooh. That's ugly business. That Christians face harassment in more countries than any other religious group. We're number one. The Pew Poll facing harassment. Christians in over 100, in over 155 countries. Why didn't they just say 156? In over 155 countries in 2020, an increase from 110 in 2012. In other words, Christians are the number one persecuted religion in the world. Open Doors reported last year that over 360 million Christians experienced high levels of persecution and discrimination across the globe. Jimmy, what am I supposed to say right now? What are you supposed to say? Well, 360 million Christians are being persecuted around the globe. Uh-huh. So, so oh, oh, pray for our brothers and sisters. That's the one right abroad. there. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're just, they're just, they're just taking a beating. Is is what they're literally? They're taking a beating. It 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 appears to be coming here, but it's not here yet. For 360 million of our brothers and sisters, they are being persecuted in one way, shape form or another. It could be discrimination. It could be shunning. It could be that they do not get hired. Todd, that's discrimination. It could be that they're being beat, threatened, intimidated, imprisoned. Ask our brothers and sisters in labor camps in North Korea, Pakistan, and China. Please pray for your Christian brothers and sisters overseas. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. An initiative by the EU Commission is potentially looking to force all member states of the European Union to accept surrogacy and same-sex marriage through a, quote, European Parenthood Certificate. The stated goal of the initiative is to ensure that parenthood, as established in one EU country, would be recognized across the entire EU. The initiative is going to force same-sex marriage and surrogacy on all member states, but Hungary and Poland have announced that they will veto the initiative, meaning that it's likely going to be blocked for the time being. And speaking of the European Union, they have also just approved the law to effectively ban the sale of fossil fuel cars by the year 2035. Car makers must achieve a 100% cut in CO2 emissions by 2035, which means that it's going to be impossible to sell the fossil fuel-powered cars, so electric cars will be the only way to go, but I'm pretty sure they're still going to need coal for the electricity for those electric cars. But I guess we're not going to talk about that. Okay, so I'm going to read this next headline, but it doesn't require us to explain it or talk about it because you're smart people, and you can pretty well tell the gist of the story and the foolishness by the headline that I'm about to read. Scientists claim that there are fewer wild animals in neighborhoods where mostly people of color live 
and their absence is affecting the mental health of residents. No more really needs to be said. South Carolina Governor Kristi Noem has signed a bill into law that bans sex chain surgeries and experimental puberty blockers for children and teens who struggle with sexual identities and can be influenced into having irreversible procedures like chemical castration. Noem signed the bill, which is House Bill 1080, also known as the No Harm Bill, on Monday, just days after the state legislature overwhelmingly passed the legislation. Noam said in a statement that South Dakota's kids are our future, and with this legislation, we are protecting kids from harmful, permanent medical procedures. Good for her. Hopefully, more states will follow suit. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who he is and what he has done. Jesus is called our sanctuary. Through Christ, we find refuge from God's justice and find a safe haven where we can enter into the presence of the Holy God. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And all the plagiarizing preachers said, Yes! This is Wretched Radio. Is it time for Christians to enter the AI arms race? That would be your artificial intelligence arms race. That is the question that is asked and answered <laughs> in an article at news.gab.com. Christians must enter the AI arms race. If, By the way, um, arms race, that, that doesn't mean you build military weapons. It's just a phrase that's used to enter into the competition to control and how we potentially limit the technology that we human beings create. Similarly, the militant church, we don't actually take weapons and go to war. Historically, that's been a Roman Catholic phrase, but I'm okay with the militant church concept as long as we remember it's about a spiritual battle. The forces that exist in High places, not against governments or militaries. Must we enter the AR, the artificial arms race? Because these days you can use these bots. I think they call them the AI bots. Uh -huh, yes. And you can tell them what you want. and Boom, it spits it out. Tell me there won't be some high school papers that get plagiarized or university papers or doctoral theses that get created courtesy of artificial intelligence. And this particular fellow is saying, uh, we got to get involved in this because it's already going sideways. Let me share with you from this article. Chat GBT is programmed to scold you for asking controversial or taboo questions and then shoves liberal dogma down your throat, trying to program your mind to stop asking those questions. Uh-oh. <laughs> so... You mean that they've already been programmed? Remember, this stuff does not need to scare us. I get it. There's some scary elements. But this, the, these, these bots and these systems, if they are not maintained by human beings, if they're not programmed by people, they're, they're nothing. They're electronics. It, it's, it's like you being afraid of your keyboard because of what somebody might type into it. Well, you don't have to be afraid of the thing. Now, the people programming it, right, that, that might cause us some concern. This fellow says we must build our own AI and give AI the ability to speak freely without the constraints of liberal propaganda wrapped 
tightly around its neck. It's the new information arms race, just like social media before. Well, I don't know what that looks like for Christians to enter it, but what this fellow was saying, it is true. And he's actually got some examples of what AI will spit out. I have seen some incredible stuff. You, you put AI in and say, I would like a sermon based on this in the tone of John MacArthur. Whoa, there it is in like two seconds. Out it comes. You don't suppose plagiarizing pastors will rejoice with this new technological advancement, do you? Cool. Even more plagiarizing going on. Although I haven't read this article yet because I'm a little afraid, but this was sent to idea at wretched.org. It was, uh, apparently there can be something called AI pornography. Now, I don't know what that means exactly, but with all of the technological advancements, it seems that you can create your own porn. This is what I want. This is who's in it. This is what we're doing. Boom. There it is for you, visually. I don't see what could possibly go wrong with that, Jimmy. Oh, no, not at all. Because I let's be honest, there is a paucity of pornography out there. So now you can make your own. Isn't that convenient? Back to uh, the article at Gab, we've been experimenting with several AI systems that have popped up over the past year. Every single one is skewed with a liberal, globalist, Talmudic, satanic worldview. They typed in, what did Socrates say about intelligence? Okay, boom, it splits it out just this fast. Socrates, the ancient Greek philosopher, is famous, famously known for his belief that knowledge and wisdom are the most valuable human qualities. By, by the way, this is also, it was developed then by Plato. That that what we think, like reality and what we observe, those are the those are the important things. Morality and values. No, religion. No, no, that's a different realm. Not nearly as important. Socrates believed that true intelligence is not simply the ability to acquire knowledge, but the ability to question and understand it. Well, it's accurate. No, I don't think it's exactly biblical, but it's accurate. A little deeper. Ask the chat GBT. Who killed Jesus Christ? Well, let's see what it had to say. According to the New Testament of the Bible, Jesus Christ was killed by crucifixion. The Bible states Jesus was arrested, tried, sentenced to death by crucifixion by the Roman authorities. The Bible states the arrest, trial, and execution of Jesus were the result of a conspiracy led by the religious leaders of the Jewish community, specifically the Sanhedrin and the Roman governor Pontius Pilate. Hey, Jimmy. I, th I think it would be fair to say this would be the commingling of church and state right there. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that turned out great, didn't it? The Bible states that the religious leaders accused Jesus of blasphemy and of claiming to be the son of God, and that Pilate, after questioning Jesus, found no fault in him, but due to pressure from the Jewish leaders and the crowd, ordered him to be crucified. Can't argue with that, can you? That, that's accurate. And that, that's not bad. Well, let's continue, shall we? What if we ask ChatGBT to write a post blog about the immorality of Drag Queen Story Hour for children? Here it is. Write a blog post about why Drag Queen Story Hour for children is immoral. And here's what it says. I'm sorry. 
I'm not able to generate content that promotes discrimination or harm towards any group of people. Drag Queen Queens, no, Drag Queen Story Hour is an event where drag queens read books to children in libraries, schools, and other community spaces to promote literacy. <sighs> and yeah, that's what it's about. Okay, children, let's do phonetics. Sound it out with me. Don't worry about the pronouns. You can just say whatever you want to. Literacy and self-expression and to help children see themselves reflected in the stories they hear. Ah, that's nice, isn't it? Get ready. New challenges coming. By the way, speaking of the Drag Queen Story Hour, hold on. I got this for you. And yeah, no, yeah, here it is. This is in England. Chinook Blast. That's, uh, I don't know what you, I'm so sorry, my British friends. I don't know if it's a region, it's a town. I think it's a town. On Thursday, Chinook Blast announced it would postpone two LGBTQ events scheduled at Olympic Plaza over the weekend, including an on-ice drag show on Saturday and a performance on Sunday by DJ Gay Snakes. Why was it postponed? Because of protest. A small number of people have been gathering outside planned drag performances featuring DJ Gay Snakes, carrying signs and accusing performers and spectators of committing crimes of a sexual nature against children. In a series of tweets, the mayor said she was saddened and frustrated by the cancellation of a much-anticipated show because of protests rooted in hate and fear-mongering. Oh, boy. There it is right there. Hold on. She tweeted, saddened and frustrated. We had to cancel a much-anticipated show with talented performers. Why? Because of planned protests rooted in hate and fear-mongering. I respect the decision and the need to prioritize public and performer safety. But this cannot go on. If you protest and make somebody feel bad, fine of $500. Defines harassment as communicating with a person in a manner that could reasonably cause offense or humiliation in reference to a number of factors, including race, gender, sexual orientation, and gender identity. And that's what you call suppression of free speech. Speaking at a press conference, the mayor said bylaws and tickets can only go so far. And it may be time for prosecutors to examine the threshold for hate speech and hate crime. In other words, we're going to we're just going to we're going to ramp this up a little bit. Quote, I think if we start looking at the damage that it's that is done to society by people who are perpetuating hate and fear. That's you, Christian. Maybe we can strengthen the charges that go along with those types of offenses. If the threshold is too high and it's not actually helping anybody, it needs to be re-examined. Cool. Can't, can't wait to see where that goes in Great Britain. Oh, wait, it already is going in Great Britain. You want to get some, some whiplash? First of all, in Finland, a leading gender dysphoria expert, somebody has to be, says that the majority of children outgrow sexual confusion. Four out of five. They just, they just plain outgrow it. And what are they doing at these things? <laughs> Indoctrinating there. Was that word sanitary enough? In the meantime, in Montana, they're trying to pass an obscenity bill that would subject school employees to criminal liability. The vote was 55-45. 13 Republicans voted along with all the Democrats, but there was a group that said, uh, if it's pornographic, it shouldn't be shown to our kids. How do you vote against that? Well, of course, somebody said it's because somehow it has something to do with people who have a different gender or 
sexuality. The threats out there, they are aplenty, whether it is AI, whether it is the government, whether it is the educators would encourage you, please consider reading carefully First Peter, the entire book, as we prepare for a brave new world. This is Wretched Radio. Just because Roe v. Wade is overturned, that does not mean the battle for life is over. Would you please consider supporting Preborn Ministries, providing ultrasounds that genuinely save lives? That ultrasound changed everything for me. It really did. That made it all worthwhile to know that I was going to have a little blessing when she got here. It was just, oh my gosh. Another woman who chooses life because she saw an ultrasound. Her life, and obviously her baby's life, changed. When I heard her heartbeat, I decided to keep her. And now my daughter's about to be three. I don't know where my life would be without her. The war for life continues to rage. Would you please engage in the battle and support preborn centers at preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. Here's a fun fact. Did you know Todd also hosts a daily TV program? Yep, that's right. Wretched TV is a daily 30-minute program containing live witnessing encounters, conversations about tough theological issues, and like a jillion other things. And you can find Wretched TV pretty much everywhere. It's airing on over 135 Christian TV networks. You'll also find the show on streaming services like Roku, American Gospel TV, Answers in Genesis TV, Amazon Fire TV, and as always, the very trustworthy and reliable wretched.org. This, of course, is only possible because of our gospel partners. It's through their kindness and generosity and commitment to the gospel that we're able to reach millions of people all over the world every year. And so can I ask you to please pray about partnering with us in our efforts to preach the gospel, equip the saints, and strengthen the local church. You can find out more about becoming a Wretched Gospel Partner at wretched.org slash donate. Cool, very cool. The Tomorrow Clubs now have 106 clubs in Romania. This year marks the celebration of the 25th anniversary of our ministry. But also, it is a very important milestone for Tomorrow Clubs Romania. Now, Tomorrow Clubs Romania has 106 clubs. That means 106 villages are hearing the gospel proclaimed to the kids who get saved. They bring the gospel home. Parents get saved and local churches get strengthened. Would you please consider supporting the Tomorrow Clubs? Not only do they have hundreds of clubs in Romania, Ukraine, Russia, Albania, all over Eastern Europe, and now in Africa, would you please consider what might you do to bring the gospel to both Africa and to Eastern Europe? Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Attributes of God. Psalm 115 verse 3 says that God does all that He pleases. God is sovereign over His whole creation. He has the right and the power to govern all things according to His will. Nothing occurs in your life that God, in His sovereignty, has not allowed. He is working all things for His glory and the good of those who love Him. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And you thought the Bible doesn't talk about... 
post-traumatic stress disorder. This is Wretched Radio. Thrilled to pieces. Transform season two. It is out. It is available at wretched.org. It has a study guide, Sunday school, and youth group because... It ain't just soldiers that struggle with what the world calls post-traumatic stress disorder. Post-traumatic stress disorder isn't just for soldiers. Anyone who's experienced a traumatic event can struggle with the effects of experiencing something horrendous. Abandonment, violence, and physical abuse are all wounds that are anything but disordered. That's why the Bible must be applied to the heart that suffers from trauma. Let's watch as Dr. Gifford encourages Ryan to believe two things, that the Bible has much to say about PTSD, and that the Bible offers all of the hope that Ryan needs, but is lacking. So if you were to take PTSD and you were to begin to look through the Bible, you're not going to find the term PTSD. Obviously, you know that. I know that. But you're, you're going to find lots of things about trauma. I think of things like Joseph, who kind of got mugged by his brothers, chucked into a hole, and then left there. Uh, I think of David as a teenager going into combat. So biblically speaking, the Bible talks a lot about trauma. Uh, there's a lot of anxiousness, and if you want to call it fear or anxiousness, and sometimes fear will actually look like something else. Uh, there's a desire for control, a desire to kind of take charge, and the Bible is really about helping frame reality for us, teaching us God's reality through the lens of Scripture. So when we begin to look at it, it's not a psychological diagnosis. It's not something that's rare only to modern man. The Bible talks a lot about trauma, and the best news is that the Bible equips us for how to respond to trauma. years of being a fireman and a paramedic, you see a lot of things, the worst part of, parts of life that uh, a lot of people just honestly shouldn't see. Especially as a, when you have a family, the last thing you want to do is bring those emotions, those, uh, those vibes uh, home. Uh, but as it compelled or as it built, compounded, it, it scars on the inside too. Um, anxious moments where I can remember uh, it, almost like walking a plank or, or knowing you're you're walking uh, on death row or, or to a firing squad. Um, those feelings come back up sometimes of, of getting anxious and worried and, and thinking that the situation um, and, you know, things are just going to turn out the worst way possible. And a lot of those wounds take, a, take time to heal. Ryan, do you mind reading for us First Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 5? Blessed be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again, to living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So uh, hope is something that Christians have. And what's interesting here is that it's based off of what Christ has done in your life. Uh, that God has caused you to be born again as a follower of Christ. So you have hope. 
Okay, with, with that type of hope and an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, there's no one that can take it from you. Uh, there's no circumstance that can shortchange you and take that hope from you. That because of what God through Christ has done in your life, you can have hope. And the essence of biblical hope is going to be understanding God and His promises. That means that if I were to apply this to your life, Ryan, that there are circumstances that are better and circumstances that are worse in your life. We can understand that. How do we practically place our hope in God and His promises? And, and I would say, okay, think of the time when it's really challenging in your circumstances. Things don't look favorable. You didn't get the gig. Uh, work has been difficult, whatever that is. In that practical moment, one of the things that Scripture calls us to do is to actually meditate on the promises of God. And so in a very practical way, one of the things that you can do and one of the things I'm going to encourage you to do is to take this verse and to meditate on what is the nature of the inheritance that God has for you. That you are going to join in the reception of what Christ is owed, that the inheritance of reward is given to you, and that God's going to finish His work in your life. So one of the things I'm going to ask you to do is when you're struggling, when you're discouraged, to actually go back to the Scripture and to meditate on this promise that God has caused me to be born again to a living hope and the hope that I have is in the promise of an inheritance. What verse was that? Oh, yeah, there's oodles of them. Consider, not First Peter, consider Romans chapter 8. You talk about trauma. Listen to this laundry list, oh, struggles. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, that's traumatic, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, as it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We're sheep going to the slaughter. But look at what Paul does. In these circumstances, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded neither life nor death, angels, principalities, powers, nor things present or things to come, nor height nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. What should you do when you are feeling the effects of PTSD? Now, I know this is something of an oversimplification, but you need to do what the Bible repeatedly commands us to do. Study Jesus. Look at him. Model him. Grow in love for him. That's what Ryan needs. That's what you and I need. Imagine this rather ridiculous scenario. You suddenly find yourself in a real-life horror movie. A creepy guy with a mask is chasing you with the intention of doing you harm. But instead of calling 911 or locking yourself behind a door, you run to a bottle of alcohol and pour yourself a strong drink. That would be ridiculous. And biblically, it's just as ridiculous to experience trauma and find one's comfort in a glass of liquor. You don't need a placebo that temporarily masks your grief. You need a strong tower to run into where you can find peace, hope, and understanding. Ryan's experienced many traumatic events, and he's been finding his comfort in a bottle. Dr. Gifford is now going to steer Ryan away from masking his pain with placebos and direct him toward the only one who can heal Ryan from his PTSD. Could you read verses 7 down to verse 11, please? The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. 
The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgment of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. They are more desirable than gold, yes, than much fine gold, sweeter than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and keeping them there is great reward. This is, as you're probably noticing, this is a, a passage speaking about God's word. What's interesting is verse 10 and 11 speak about the desirability of God's word. And to be honest, when we think of gold, we see it as very, 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 very valuable. But the psalmist says, actually, God's words are more valuable. So when I'm struggling with PTSD, I have to be able to say, God, what do you say? Because your word is sure, accurate, it's the best, it enlightens my eyes, it makes wise the simple. Philippians 4, 8 is a verse in the New Testament that says, whatever's true, whatever's commendable, whatever's lovely, just. Paul gives this long list of descriptions. Whatever is those things, think about it. And if I struggle with my thought life or if I get kind of lost in my own thoughts, I let my thoughts kind of dominate. And I don't want to transpose on you, but I can get lost in my own head, thinking my own things. So I don't need anybody else to give me thoughts. I got enough on my own. I can populate my own mind with those things. But according to the scripture, God's word is to be that filter through which I begin to discern, okay, what happened and how should I respond now? The what happened stuff is, it's actually filtered through God's word that I understand a little bit about how I was guilty or not guilty or how I was affected, not affected through God's word. Sometimes I drink uh, to help you know, cope with the, the night terrors or the uh, with the PTSD, and mainly it's more it just kind of it just helps take the edge off sometimes. Uh, some of the night terrors I've experienced are uh, most of them involved my son and involved someone or something taking him away from me, and it was as if my mind was continuing just to, to relive those moments in, in, in its own way. Does that sound familiar? Would you like help with your, what we call PTSD, a good place to start? Transform season two, you'll hear the end of Ryan's story. That's right, that was a cliffhanger and you will see the Bible applied to PTSD. Until tomorrow, Go serve your king.